You're listening to the Weekly Portland Podcast. For a complete list of episodes, visit pdxpod.com or find us on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Remember to like, share and subscribe. Ray's Ragtime occupied the same block at Southwest 10th and Morrison for 30 years. In the last decade, the west end of downtown has transformed from a gritty slice of Portland to a trendy tourist location. This translated to an unworkable rent hike at the store, almost $3,000 a month in just two years at the same location. Ray Tolotson, the founder, closed up shop and relocated to the Hollywood district, where he now enjoys semi-retirement. My name is Gregory Day. You're listening to the Weekly Portland Podcast at pdxpod.com. Today's special guest is Ray Tolotson. You're sort of a Portland legend. Okay. I think if you've been at it long enough, you you, you uh, start to become a legend, I guess. <laughs> How's it feel to be a living legend? Oh, it's better than the alternative, of course, but that's a stock answer. (laughs) So we're at your new store. Yeah. Well, it's not really mine anymore. I closed mine, and I'm helping Lisa uh, with the new Ray's Ragtime Hollywood. And Lisa's with us here today. Would you care to say anything, Lisa? I guess I'll say hello. <laughs> hello, Lisa. The store is completely full. It sort of feels like the old Ray's Ragtime you know downtown. What it, what it reminds me of is it reminds me of the first space I had in the middle of the block in 1986. That was a long, narrow space. Things dripped from the ceilings, and it was just fun. And then I opened a, another 70s store called Cheap Gate Next Door, and uh, it sold wigs and 70s stuff and it was a fun little name and then uh i wanted to have an estate sale the building at the corner uh was empty and i asked the super of the the building if i could uh rent it for a sale he said well rent it why don't you just move in so i went oh and so i took on the, the huge space on the corner which was kind of fun when was this that would have been probably in about Mid-90s. Mid-90s, okay. Yeah, I was there for a little over 15 years on the corner. Right. So, uh, interesting transition. The move was, but it was only half a block downhill, so it was easy. Right, right. (laughs) But we moved a lot. And when did you move to the downtown store? Uh, I opened in 86. Oh, my goodness. Six months before Max. So I was there for 30 years. Oh, my goodness. That's why... A lot of people know who I am. I was just It's just longevity will do it, you know. 30 years downtown. Yeah. My goodness. Well, I was down even longer than that, but 30 years in that store. In that store. It was such a fixture in the city. Yeah. I was. I started out uh, with the kids at Avalon, and I found a space downtown. I didn't want to do it by myself, so I got the, they were on Hawthorne, old friends of mine, got them to move down. And then I decided I needed to branch out, and I did. And that's when I went up to Morrison. And that was an interesting thing all by myself, but with a lot of wonderful people helping me. You've had some great people come into the store. Oh, yeah. Uh, lots of celebrities. <laughs> I've got uh, six weeks with George Clooney. I have 
I, every time Faye Dunaway came to town, she came into the store, and uh, I got along with almost everyone. Uh, some of the, uh, we had Florence Welsh, we had Adele, we had uh, uh, Bonnie Raitt, or some of my favorites, and Cheryl Crow. The musicians were amazing, but some of them found their way over here. We had uh, Chloe Savini in. We had uh, uh, we've had a couple bands. Uh, this wonderful guy from Tennessee named Yellow Wolf, who sings something <laughs> or other. Uh, he, uh, he does kind of a rap thing. And he brought his, like, seven-year-old daughter in, and it just wasn't what I had all expected. Uh, and just getting to know people. I mean, he, he said he almost had a heart attack when he went downtown and saw we weren't there anymore, and he found out where we were. The transition, getting over here, was difficult at first, trying to figure out and get references and all the things to... To bring people over to this neighborhood, but Hollywood has become yes, yeah, there's it, a bit it, of grit here still. It feels like old Portland, yeah. And the theater certainly helps that. I mean, you walk out the door and you see the Hollywood theater in the sun and it's glowing and it's just beautiful. Oh yes, it's, it's what amazing. a great view you have here from the store. It's oh, right yeah. across from the Hollywood theater. And we're having uh, more uh, stories move out here. Avalon's just moving across the street. I saw that, yes. Yeah. Very excited. Old friends. Uh, <laughs> uh, Simon is doing that now. His mom and dad were people I knew from years ago uh, that I originally opened downtown with. Do you go to the Hollywood Theater a lot? Or? Some. I, I'm usually exhausted and I go home. <laughs> I get up at three in the morning and I do all the things and do processing and Three I'll in the morning. For Lisa. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking at a button. Oliver North for president. I oh, didn't know yeah. he ever ran. Well, you know, that came... Uh, <laughs> if you know who Ramblin' Rod was, he had a yes. kid's show. Yes. This is one the of the things... Oh, those are the buttons for those Smiley? Those are buttons from Ramblin' Rod, the, oh, the Oliver North ones. I had a friend who went to the sale and must have bought a hundred, uh, like, orange boxes Kidding. full of buttons out of his estate. Oh, and yeah. I bought a bunch from them, and these are leftovers that Lisa salvaged out of when, these we, are, when she moved out. These are for the children that smiled. So the store is com- is very full. Yeah. Uh, lots of merchandise. Yeah. So you're raring to go here. That's one of the things I do really well that Lisa's keeping me around for, buying. I'm very good at buying. Still? Do you- <laughs> That's what I do here. I buy, and I sit here and talk to people. You sit here and talk. Which is my <laughs> retirement. Which, you know, it uh, closing the other store was traumatic for me. I'd been there for 30 years. And having being able to work with her in this one really helps that whole transition. Plus, I get all these people coming in and saying goodbye about the the goodbye to the old store. I'm glad you're still here, but, you know, and just mostly coming in to say hi, which is isn't that nice? Feel good, isn't that nice? They didn't come down. The local people quit going downtown. Yes, that's one of the reasons I left. Why uh, I closed uh, when the tourists are in. It was wonderful. But they're not always here. Mm-hmm. And the rents and things are causing people not to have as much money to... Uh, right. Fun money. Let's put it that way. Is that a good way? Yeah. But it was traumatic, the move. 
Well, of course, it's 30 years. 30 years of 30 dust. years of my own little world that I let all sorts of strange people into and welcomed them. And then well, you let me in. So. I don't let anybody in. But, I mean, uh, it was interesting. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. But uh, it was interesting, the exposure. And this is great. You know, it's uh, the foot traffic isn't as much as downtown, but again, a lot more local people. It's fun to talk to people that are here in town. But you know, and we still get our uh, occasional Australian and New Zealand people, which are just they're a hoot. I love them. They're my favorite uh, customer uh, source, or however you're. There's always an Australian on a couch somewhere. Either that or kissing Lisa. She's had that and the New Zealand boys. They're even worse. But you know, they're they're big flirts and they're wonderful and fun. And that's the kind of people we get in here. We don't get what I would say normal people. You know, it was really weird to see the old spot downtown and to see it empty. Um, I haven't been down there since I moved out. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been downtown since I moved out. I don't want to do it. Hmm. I, I've tried a couple times. Within, I've gotten in within, oh, about four blocks. Can't do it. There's a lot of memories there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was there seven days a week, except uh, when I was, I got really sick about ten years ago, and that's kind of what happened. Otherwise, I'd probably still be there doing something or other. Uh, and the kids working for me kept it open. You know, I'd be in the hospital and out of commission for couple months and everybody had worked for me and kept it going and got into the back stock and got it out on the floor so it was new stuff mm-hmm. which which helped but you know you needed they needed me there too so it, it, you know it just kind of slowed down a little bit so we just decided to close it yeah so many relationships you developed over the years oh yeah and the, what's fun is people would come in or maybe three times a year, which is what I thought local people were. You know, that's about what time they... And this one guy wanted something or other, and I had it in the dry cleaner. I don't remember what it was. I said, well, come in next week, and there'll be one in here. And he went, well, I'll be back home in Switzerland next week. And I just went. But you're in here every... But, you know, he stopped by every time he was in town. I think he was, did publishing here in town. Uh, a lot of people had stuff printed here. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether the printers are still working, but... Uh, they were uh, a lot of New Yorkers came too for that reason. And your typical customers were eccentric folks, or movie guys, or just people who are into vintage, or somebody looking for something that to wear to an event that didn't want to spend eight hundred dollars on a on a tuxedo or something. Right. I've done a lot of weddings for a lot less than what it would cost for, like, a new wedding dress or something. But, you know, an individual. You couldn't go out and... If you were lined up in a row, you wouldn't match any of the other brides. You know, it's a lot of individuals shopped with me. And it's amazing, and a lot of different economic brackets, from, you know, well, movies, millionaires, to just people that were looking for something that was under 10 bucks to wear. And it was kind of fun having that whole cross-section. But one of the things I also miss, there was a woman who lived outside my store on the street for 25 years. Her name was Julie.
Anyway. And everybody took care of her. There would be cab drivers coming by at 3 in the morning and dropping off donuts for her. And everybody tried to take care of her and get her to move into a uh, an area. And that was before everyone was camping out on the street. But she had a shopping cart, and she listened to opera on the street and everything. I had some problems. But she was always, I kind of sheltered her because I told her, always told everybody that she could... Uh, sleep in my doorway, I didn't care. Because when she was doing that, my shop wouldn't get broken into. Right. So, and then after I've left, I know she isn't there anymore. So I don't know what happened to her. But there are things like that. You you develop relationships with not only customers, but some of the people in the street and the, just neighborhood people. And some of the other merchants. There was such a little community down there. It was really, really wonderful for a long time. Around the corner, Moon and Sixpence looks exactly the same as I remember it in 2017 years ago. Probably one of my first dates was there, and we played darts, and it looks exactly the same. Things, yeah, it's slow to change out here. It really is, and we're we're kind of doing it, we're, but we're not. We're just bringing uh, older businesses in here, and it's there have been a lot before. There's uh, there's an antique mall around the corner, Avalon's. Moving uh, vintage stores up Sandy, and then there's another one down on 28th. So it's kind of becoming a kind of an alternative to Hawthorne, which is very kind of in your face and and very uh, bustling and stuff. And this is a more relaxed area. And you're open late. I'm here at 6 p.m. Uh, what time are you guys close? Eight. Eight o'clock. Because of the Hollywood Theater. Oh wow! Interesting. Uh, and Interesting. it's also a neighborhood. The people come shopping here after they get off work. So it's we open at roughly noon. Sometimes I'm a little late, but uh, often the first hour or so I'm in here just doing steaming and stuff for Lisa, and then uh, people start coming in and we start waiting on people. But hopefully they they come at noon and buy tons. But sometimes they do. I like a t-shirt, by the way. Foo Fighters. Now you had a few of them come in, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. Dave Groh came in when Nirvana showed up in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. He he lasted about, oh, I'd say a minute and a half in my store. He was bouncing off all the racks and then went outside. Right. Men had it. And I didn't realize that until I saw them on stage. That that's who, he was a skinny guy with long hair at that time. And they were in with the, with the other two, uh, Kurt and the, uh, whatever his name is. But... Uh, I had a lot of those guys early on before they became really famous. Soundgarden came in. Uh, uh, one of my favorite rock stars was Robert, who used to sing with Stone Temple Pilots. And he came in every time he was in the area. It wasn't even in town. He was performing in band. He came to the store. But um, so I, you know, people stopped by every time they were in town and said hi and didn't necessarily buy stuff. But that was kind of fun. Lots of musicians. Lots of musicians. Plus all the guys up at the Crystal would send people down when they were on break after their sound check. So we got, <laughs> what am I going to do now? Well, it's three blocks. Go down there. You'll have fun. 
So, uh, and then there were all those restaurants on Morrison and stuff that were really wonderful. And Jake's Happy Hour is just incredible with their angel onion rings or fries or whatever they're fries. Angel hair fries, they're fabulous. So you miss Jake's? Some ways, yeah. Yeah. But I miss a lot. I miss the food carts. That block north of the Galleria is just, there's four or five carts there that the food is the best, some of the best foe in town is at, at Hong's, which is on, on 10th. Yeah. A little food cart there is wonderful. And there's a couple of Thai carts that are wonderful and are cool. You know, just and it was always somebody was always closing, and there was something new, so you never got bored with the food. Yeah. Uh, one of the high points of downtown, I'm sure that's going to get torn down and built on soon, but not yet. You mentioned that people stop by this store to say hello to you. Anyone, yeah. anyone you want to talk about? Anyone specifically that, that comes to mind? Well, locally prominent, Chloe. Who I've known since she was like... Chloe Udaly. I've known her since she was five or six. Um, so a long time. Yeah. And when she ran, I promoted her like mad as much as I could on my... my I couldn't do it on the shop Facebook, but I did it on mine. She's wonderful. She's stubborn as hell, which is always good in a politician. But she listens to people. So if you have a good point, She'll listen to it. She's going to need to with but, those yeah. city hall meetings. So she's fine. They get I pretty think she's, rowdy. She, I hope it works for her. Yes. And I think it's working so far. Her staff is wonderful. They so you've known, her, you've known her since she was five? I think so. So you know her parents? Yeah. I okay. know her mom. Her dad died a long time ago. Oh, but I know okay. her mom. And uh, her Kind of wondering who you don't know. Well, <laughs> Lauderdale used to tell me uh, he was going to run you for mayor. You know everybody. Huh? Who? Who was that? Thomas. Pink Martini. Thomas Lauderdale. Oh, okay. Was, at one time was in talking to me, and he said, when I run for mayor, which he still may do, but uh, I want you to be on my staff because you know everybody. And I looked at him and went, I don't know everybody, and maybe I do, but I don't know who the hell they are. That's right. my problem. Yeah. I just, uh, I know people as, you're the guy that buys the gray suit. You're the one that buys the tie. You're the one that doesn't buy anything, but you're a hoot to talk to. You know, this is the... <laughs> you get a lot of those? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then every once in a while, they come in and... But I mean... They, like the Jay and Silent Bob of vintage clothing, they just hang out. Oh, that happens. Yeah. But, you know, I'll sit and talk to somebody, and I have fun talking to people. What, what really sells is anything cool that has an individual's... Uh, a personality... Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter really what category it fits into, whether it's a dollar or whether it's a thousand dollars. If it makes somebody feel or have a reaction, a positive reaction, then it sells. So, and it's hard. The trends, I don't know. uh, uh, Levi's are still in. Workwear is in. World War II men's clothing is very in. Right. But I mean... It's all stuff that you can't find too well. But, you know, just fun things. You know, I I posted that I was going to come here today, and uh, I was kind of blown away by how beloved you are. How do you feel about that? How does that make you feel? Uh, Surprised. Really? Surprised. I went to a flea market, but I'm getting that. 
now more than I did when I was downtown. Isn't that something? People are coming up. I was at a flea market Sunday buying something for, looking for jewelry for the store for Lisa. And uh, this one guy went, well, what store did you have? And I told him, and he went, oh, well, I bought Everybody my wedding knows. suit from you, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows. And Raise ragtime. The, some, one of the guys in the gym who I, I, uh, that I go to came up to me one day and went, you know, I bought, in, while I was in college, you taught me how to dress. When was that? <laughs> Must have been the late 80s. I don't remember oh my him. I don't think it was anything more personal than that. <laughs> but but uh, uh, I've, I've gotten that from two or three guys. That oh. it's, you know, I really helped them. One lawyer that I helped come I mean, when he started shopping with me, he worked with junk. And then I got him into suits and kind of told him what fitted and what looked good. And, you know, a lot of people, they don't tell you that. Yeah. Uh, they'll just, they'll push it. And a lot of the news stores, they're working on a commission and they'll push anything on you. That as long as, yeah, you like it? Oh, sure, it looks great on you. You know, and that's one thing I've never done. I've always been really honest. If, I'll give them my opinion. And if you don't want my opinion, don't ask. Because I'll, I'll tell you whether it fits you or not or whether I think it's too tight or whatever. But if you like it like that, fine. Drugstar Cowboy and even Cowgirls Get the Blues and uh, what was the other one? They were filmed, uh, uh, Drugstar Cowboy, what were the first two? Uh, they were filmed in the Governor Hotel before it became a hotel when it was a derelict building. And I was in the middle of the block and they all came in. Uh, uh, Matt Dillon, Kelly Lynch, all those people were, were around during that. Uh, my own private Idaho mm-hmm. and... Uh, those two. Uh, they came in for clothing? They came in to hang out. Okay. And the costumers came in. Uh, there was a, 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 a Czechoslovakian woman named Beatrix Pasteur that worked for Gus mm-hmm. that did uh, cowgirls and stuff. I got to talk to John Hurd in his trailer one day. That was fun. Uh, and I worked a lot of the costumers for a lot of things. Uh, there was a Harvey Keitel film in, but uh, Susan bought a bunch of stuff for me for it. Uh, Susan Lyle. And then she she lives in New York, and then she started uh, working with uh, Mamet, David Mamet. And, oh, the playwright. Yeah. And then she would uh, uh, call me up and go, okay, he uh, we're doing another film, and he wants another box of those shirts, uh, Pendleton's from you. So I'd box them up and send y- them to you her. You know, I work for Pendleton. I work in the archives. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we have some amazing stuff. In the basement. I don't, I don't doubt it. <laughs> I've had some amazing Pendleton stuff over the years. Really? Too. What have you had? Blankets or uh, I never shirts, got into the blankets as much. The jackets, I've had some the cheap Josephs and some other stuff. But the robes. Oh, yeah. They're amazing. The, the Indian, ro- Indian <laughs> yeah, they're amazing. robes. Facebook page is quite popular. You're <laughs> our, a popular guy. And our Instagram also. It's really, we have a lot of fun with that. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, Ray's Ragtime Hollywood Instagram. We just very at least it gets very silly. I think rude in some places, but whatever. <laughs> you know uh, how girls are. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything you'd like to say to to folks listening? Um, no, I don't have a lot to say. I mean, anything startling. It's just like come in and talk. Yeah. If you want to, and. Uh, a lot of people are. It's really fun. Um, I had a lady in today that that I used to buy a lot from, I guess, 20 years ago, and she came in and, do I look familiar? <laughs> I used to shop with my mom, you know. And it's kind of fun reconnecting with those people. I mean, she was 85 now, and I probably bought stuff from her when she was in her 60s uh, at the flea market. So there's a lot of people I know, and I can go... Almost to any city on the on the West Coast, and know running to tons of people I know in this you know in the the right venues. Just because you like to talk to people, you you're a kind of a people person. In some ways, when I'm in my space, yeah. Yeah. If I'm at a party, I'm sitting in a corner against the wall. <laughs> Me a fr- too. <laughs> a friend of well, mine. So I have a podcast. This, this <laughs> yeah. This uh, friend client whatever awkward. whatever she is the awkward Englishman. Yeah, she uh, said, well, you know, she, she's got one of those houses. I call them hill women. You know, yeah. she's got one of those houses up in the hills. And she said, well, you know, I have a Christmas dinner for 100. You'll have to come. And I looked at her and went, uh, I don't think so. And she went, well, you'll know a lot of people. I, don't, I said, I don't care. I don't function well in crowds like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have party manners. I don't know how to do that. I can talk to somebody one-on-one or maybe two, but you get more than that, and I figure no one wants to hear what I say. It's funny. You seem kind of extroverted, like you'd be the life of the party. No. 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 I'm performing now. (laughs) (laughs) This is where I perform. This is my stage. And without that, well, I can't really say that. I'm nuts now. As I've gotten older, I got a lot less, I don't care. You know, I'm going to do what I do in... I don't have that much time left to uh, modify my behavior to fit your expectations of me, so either get used to it or get lost, one of the two, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a good attitude for a lot of people to have, and as long as you're nice to people. Right, and you think you've entertained folks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. Entertained, horrified, and then maybe a little of both to the same person. I have no filter. A lot of stuff, I'm trying to be nice. A lot of things pop out of my mouth before I realize what I've said. And this comes from years of trying to control that. And I've finally got it a little under control. But still, I have been known to offend people. <laughs> not necessarily on purpose. Sometimes. But but most of the time, no. Just by not quite clicking you know, I went to a couple a couple of months ago. I went to see Darcel for the first time. Oh, Walter's wonderful. What'd you take of Darcel? I think he's one of the nicest men I have ever known. He always is warm to everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine lost her husband. And funny. Oh God, he's hysterical. He's so funny. He is. He is cracking up. He is the old-fashioned drag queen. Yeah. That knows how to just. Turn everything. When I first moved to Portland, I went to a party, and there were these guys sitting around. They're all dead now. They all died within six months of each other, I think. But they would sit around and talk, 
And it's sort of like Paris is Burning. Have you ever seen that film? About the drag queens in New York? I'm familiar with it. They sit around and make comments about each other until someone ran out of the room crying. And then they figured it was a good evening. But funny, funny, witty stuff. He's sharp, he's funny. And Darcel is incredible like that. For that age. And again, I know when you get to that point, the names don't always come and the stuff doesn't always come, but his sense of humor is phenomenal. And his timing. He's, uh, he emceed a friend of mine's 75th birthday party, Irva Blackburn, years ago. And he was sitting there talking about the size of her breasts and all this. And she, had, she was from Montana. And her whole family came out for this. So she had these people from the country in Montana sitting there with their eyes open going, Huh? And Irva was just on the floor laughing and having a ball, which is wonderful because the exposure to someone as talented as Walter is, or Darcel, that it's good. He does, he makes people realize that he's real and not just a caricature and not just this, but he's a real person that is smart and witty and a lot of fun, which I think is important for any body to get to know someone out of their comfort zone in that way. I, I was angry at myself for never seeing a show before and it was so much fun. One of the the best shows I've seen in this city. Oh yeah. And he does it every week. It was poison working that night? Poison? Poison waters. <laughs> there was there was there was a lot of people on stage and may, maybe. Poison is also wonderful. Uh kind of he's been doing it forever. And yeah, very talented, yeah. and has been working with uh, Darcel for a long time, and an, another one who's just flawless and funny and yeah. just—it's you need that. Portland, uh, Portland is lucky to have people like that around. Yeah, it's still the 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 wackos are still in the city. I don't know what about keep Portland weird, but wacko is a really another good term. But, I mean, you know, we have our new generation, like uh, the Unipiper, and uh, people who are actually talented and have yeah. fun and and don't take themselves too seriously, which is really important. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Ray. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for coming over. And... Thank you for listening to the Weekly Portland Podcast. My name is Gregory Day. I will be here next week. Please join me. Were you born in Portland? I was born in Corvallis. Corvallis. Yeah, I'm, I'm like 75 miles away from home. I, every time I tried to move somewhere, I wanted to just come back. I was, the longest I've ever been out of this town was, uh, oh God, I don't know, it was years ago, 20 years ago maybe. I did a film in Los Angeles, and I was there for six weeks. And I wanted to come home so bad. It was just like, eh, I didn't fit in down there, which is uh, probably why I'm still doing this. Mm. <laughs> this film? You're in a film? Yeah. What film is this? Oh, it's horrible. Uh, don't tell Dan. Uh, 
A friend of mine wrote it, who who helped Gus with Malinoche. I don't remember the relationships, but uh, Dan wrote a part for me, and it was supposed to be filmed here in Portland. Mm-hmm. And if it had been filmed here in Portland on a low budget with the local actors, it would have been a cult movie. But we went to Los Angeles. I was the only one, I think, local one that was still in it. And it starred Catherine Buck, who was Daisy Duke of the Dukes of Hazard, And uh, Abe Vigoda was in it. And uh, uh, Abe Vigoda? Yeah. Corky Hubbard, who's a midget that was in Under the Rainbow. Uh, Who's married to Jamie Lee Curtis? Uh, oh, who, the Englishman. Uh, his no. Uh, anyway, his brother was in it. Okay. Uh, uh, Some names Nick, in this Nick thing. Nick was guest. Christopher Guest was married to Jamie Lee Curtis. Nick was in uh, the movie I was in, and just nice, wonderful people. But it was just like I worked six days out of six six weeks, made a lot of money, and just kind of like, huh, it didn't click for me. So I like doing stage. I worked at the storefront years ago in Portland. That's probably before you. But uh, uh, I don't know. And then I just got overwhelmed with this. 